0: Welcome to the NARPM Podcast, where we bring you the most in-depth look into the property management industry. We discuss hot topics with property managers, vendors, and those that support the property management industry. The National Association of Residential Property Managers is the recognized leader in property management. Our host is Pete Newbig, co founder of Empire Industries Property Management, and co founder and CEO of VPM Solutions, where property management meets global talent. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are that of the host and are not necessarily those of NARPM. Now, here's your host, Pete Newbig.
1: Welcome to the NARPM Podcast, and today I'm interviewing one of our very own, Andrea Hardaway. She is a property manager just like you and I, or like I used to be. She just came out with her book, Property Management Freedom, Grow Your Property Management Company Without Burning Yourself Out. She wrote the book from experience. She's the president and founding partner for First Property Management, founded in 2015, First Property Management provides residential and commercial management services in greater Chattanooga, the Noog, and surrounding areas in Georgia and Alabama. As one of the fastest growing PM companies in the area, First Property Management has become a magnet for real estate investors focused on growing their property portfolios. In addition to her work with First Property Management, Andrea also helps other property management leaders pivot from stressed out business operators to strategic business leaders. As a strategy consultant, commercial real estate developer, and owner of a fast-growing property management company. Andrea is a visionary who specializes in bringing order to chaos and doing so in a way that uncovers opportunity, streamlines operations, and increases profit. So I'm looking forward to our our conversation with Andrea here in a minute. But first, I want to talk a little bit about a mentor of mine and a good buddy and the OG, I used to call him, the original gangster of property management, my good buddy, Kevin Knight. Many of you who are listening to this know Kevin. He was significant in the property management industry. He was a great person uh, in general and a a great mentor to many of us. Kevin, uh, last month, Kevin passed away suddenly while he was on a scuba uh, diving experience. We know that he had an event while he was scuba diving. We don't know what the event was, whether it was an aneurysm, an embolism, heart attack, stroke, or something like that. But unfortunately, Kevin passed away very suddenly and has really rocked the property management community, including yours truly. Kevin is one of those guys where he never met a stranger. You went up to Kevin, and he—you were his best friend right away, and. Kevin would give you the shirt off his back. Uh, one of my first, when I first learned about property management in NARPM, Kevin was one of the first people to, to reach out, bring me in under his wing. I've been to his office numerous times where he would just tell me, open up all his books and just say, what do you want to know, Pete? And my property management company, Empire Industries, looked a lot like First Liberty when Liberty Management when with Kevin owned in San Antonio. Kevin actually brought me on that scuba trip years earlier and I got to meet guys who became foundational people in my life including Lyle Haas and Todd Breen and Brad Larson and those three guys became mentors and and became friends and Kevin was a guy where you know anything you needed he was there to give you always wanted to bring value. He was really one of the good guys, and uh, he is going to be missed uh, tremendously, not just in the property management, but overall. He was just a great human being. I miss my friend, and um, you know, a lot of us, a lot of us will miss Kevin. Whether it was just being a, a great guy, or whether it was being somebody that we can learn about property management from, or if it was somebody who did business with when he owned Shore Vester. Him and Dave Holt started Shorevester a couple of years ago and they saw a hole in the industry with insurance and they were able to fill that hole and they were early adopters on the whole insurance piece of it. And, you know, Kevin would just help anybody, whether it was a property manager or a vendor or just a person on the street. Kevin, you will be missed. I, I miss you, my friend. So we'll be right back. After this commercial break and we'll talk to Andrea Hardaway and I'm really excited about this conversation because Andrea has been in the foxhole so to speak and uh, has gotten out and risen from the ashes and has a great company and now she has written her book and we're going to talk to her here after these messages. Thanks.
0: Create the best moving experience for your resident or homeowner. Citizen Home Solutions is a utility concierge service designed to assist with services needing activation prior to moving into a new home. Our experienced team will help eliminate the stress of setting up services. No more calling a long list of service providers to get everything connected and ready for move-in day. Your client will value the white glove service provided on your behalf. True, Citizen Home Solutions assist with utilities, but more importantly, we create an experience that your client will appreciate and love. Our service is free and offers you a revenue share program. Want to know more? Visit pmcpartner.com.
2: Have you ever considered hiring a property management virtual assistant but didn't know where to start? Or have you tried hiring a virtual assistant but you weren't satisfied with the number of qualified applicants? If so, VPM Solutions is here to help. VPM is the world's first virtual talent marketplace dedicated specifically to property management and real estate. We have thousands of talented virtual assistants ready to work for you, including assistants for accounting, leasing, maintenance coordination, rent collections, and much more. With VPM, you can post jobs, screen candidates, hire, and pay your virtual assistants, all from within our state-of-the-art platform. VPM is the easy button for hiring and managing your virtual team. And the best part, VPM Solutions is 100% free to employers. That's right, free. No placement fees, no employer markups, and no hidden charges. With VPM, property managers get the talent they need while reducing costs and improving customer service. Visit BPMSolutions.com and create your free account today.
1: Welcome back, everybody, to the Norton Radio Podcast. And uh, as promised... I have Andrea Hardaway, newly published Andrea Hardaway. So Andrea, thank you so much for joining us today. And I look forward to having a conversation with you.
3: Thanks so much. Looking forward to it.
1: All right. So I love origin stories. So tell our audience how you got started in real estate and what led you to starting a PM company.
3: Yeah. Thank you for asking that question. I'll tell you, like many people, I had sort of this bucket list dream of investing in real estate and that bucket just sat on the shelf somewhere for a number of years and I never did anything about it. And I'm talking like 15 years, right? I wanted to invest in real estate. I wanted to own commercial property. But for me, I had actually been in a pretty bad relationship and I spent a number of years in that relationship. And I finally was able to break free. Now, there's a quote that says ambition often comes from a deep-seated need to recover something that's been lost. I saw that quote on the CBS television show Bull. And that quote really resonated with me because what happened was when I finally kind of broke free of that relationship and I moved from Florida to Tennessee with my family and all of these things were going on, I got this energy to do these things that I've always wanted to do. I ended up going back to college, getting my my executive MBA, I joined the Real Estate Investors Association just to start being around other real estate investors and it ended up being the best decision for me. Um, Just to tell you though, I had taken one of those wholesaling classes. I, I didn't get a lot out of it, but the thing I did get out of it was to join the Real Estate Investors Association. So I met my business partners there. I was able to do my first commercial real estate investment deal with actually one of my partners at the property management company. And then from there, they talked about having a need for property management in the real estate space, had no clue what property management was. No lie. I did not know what it was, but I knew these two gentlemen were really successful in the space. I knew they were trusted. I knew they were seasoned investors. So I said, here's my money. Take me with you. So that's how we started the company.
1: So you you traded in the anchor for a couple of engines, right? the anchor was holding you down and uh and then you got a couple of business partners or engines and all of a sudden you're soaring in the in the skies is
3: that's it i mean it, it wasn't without its hiccups right it's always scary i mean i know different people are at different places in their journey and this for me was brand new i came from you know, you go to college, you get a job, you get laid off, you get another job, you get laid off. You know, that was sort of my my background initially in the corporate in the corporate space, but I was still working my corporate job and trying to do the investing trying to sort of figure out my footing. Turns out I really love commercial real estate investing. So that's something I've, I've done a few times now. But I've also developed a passion for property management as I was able to learn more and more about what it was. So I would say that it's sort of been an engine and it was a whole pivot to where my life was going.
1: Yeah, your story is not unlike so many others out there. And it mimics a lot of my story. I bought a whole bunch of properties with my business partner. We had no idea that that property management was an industry. We thought we actually created the industry. So <laughs> that, that tells you we, we had no idea what we were doing. Nice. <laughs> and uh, so it sounds like it was very similar experience Oh yeah, for you. So let's talk a little bit about your book in your book. You talk a little bit about the early days and how your business partner, Brian was in the day to day without an extraction plan. Tell us a little bit about your evolving role in the company and What's going on, with Brian, these days?
3: Yeah, so Brian is still alive and very well. But but yeah, so we started the property management company. It was three of us. And the deal was that Brian would run day-to-day operations. You know, he was willing to make that sacrifice. Thankfully, we got a lot of investors that ended up putting their business with us. We've grown organically, no marketing, none of that. But Brian worked really hard and he did his time, right? This was never meant to be a full-time job for him because Brian is a general contractor. He's an investor. He's a developer. I mean, he builds single family homes, all of this other stuff, doing cool syndication deals. I mean, great guy. And he wrote the foreword to my book. I was really thankful that he did that, but Brian was like so in the day-to-day and what happens is you start your business out and you say, you know, I want this dream of entrepreneurship. I want this business to work for me so that I can spend more time investing or traveling or giving or whatever it is you want to do. And you say, this is not going to be a full-time job, but as your business grows, it does become a full-time job. And that's exactly what happened with us. We started from Brian and one other person and managing under a hundred doors. And Then it really quickly escalated. Next thing you know, 500 doors, 700 doors, team of 10 people, all of these things were happening and we were continuing to grow. And not only did our plan for Brian not to run day to day operations sort of get buried because we were so busy. But we didn't we didn't have a plan for him to get out, and we didn't have a way for him to get out because he was so critical to every single part of day-to-day operations. He was the, the buck stopped with him, he made the final decision, mm-hmm. he did all of those things. Well, over the last couple of years, I was on the road working in corporate America. Well, before this, I was on the road working in corporate America, doing a lot of consulting, traveling all around You're the world. You just country.
1: gallivant all around the world I, and poor Brian. He's tonight. like a mushroom galliv- in his in his office, never getting any sunlight because he gets got so much to do. Poor Brian. You know what,
3: you're making me look bad. <laughs> but actually my, admittedly, you know, I would come into the property management company from time to time and do a few weeks of consulting here and there. And then I'd go back on the road because for me, that's where the money was, to be honest. Mm-hmm. You know, yep. I'm doing these great things in corporate America, helping large organizations, doing interim executive work, creating strategies, deploying them, building teams. So what, what
1: was make- your role originally? Was it just owner, business owner? It, and, and you it, would- was,
3: it was business owner. And then mm-hmm. I came in every now and then and helped out with some operations and decisions. And it was it was not a full-time job. It wasn't even a part-time job. It was as needed. And I was a sounding board for Brian and I collected a check a couple of times a year. Right. And as our team. Owner owner
1: distributions.
3: Yeah. Right. Owner distributions. Mm -hmm. Yes, that's right. But as our team grew, that didn't work because now it's more than Brian and one other person. We've got a whole team of people that were getting excited when I came in because. I was sort of the one, like if, if Brian had an idea or the team had an idea, I was the one that came in to get it implemented and then I'd go on about my way. But I did some one-on-ones with a few of the team members, actually all of the team members. And one of the consistent things that came about was that they kind of felt disregarded by me. Mm-hmm. They were upset and they were sour because I kept leaving. And I had to talk with Brian about it and. Brian was sour, (laughs) Brian was sour too. And I didn't even know it. But when I opened the door to tell him, Hey, the team is saying this, he's like, well, actually, yeah. He's like, you know, at one point we talked about you running the company, but you're off chasing your dreams and doing whatever. Right. And he felt, he felt
1: he couldn't chase his dreams. He, matter of fact, he actually had two or three businesses that he could no longer run because property management, it, it, it'll take, it'll suck up your time. It will.
3: All of it. (laughs)
1: So what changed then yeah. when you had that, when you kind of had that come to Jesus meeting, what, how did your role change? Cause the, well, the money's coming from your consulting gig, right?
3: So. Yeah, it was, uh, it was, <laughs> it was, I, I made a decision and, and the big thing, one of my consulting clients had brought me on full time and I didn't plan on staying forever, but they brought me on full time just because I had been a consultant so long, but I made the decision to go ahead and exit that and to dedicate myself to the property management company. And initially, you know, Brian and I talked about sort of a three to six month thing to calm things down and to get it to a point where he can reclaim some of his life. Because one of the things that we don't talk about in this space is as you're being so busy, like your personal life is suffering too. Like I was joking with somebody recently. I was like, you know, business owners sit here and they have utility bills going in the collections, not because their own home bills. And it's not yeah. because they didn't have the money to yeah. pay or their utilities are being cut off. You know, yeah. different things are going in into collections. Or, and it's not or they're,
1: they're unhealthy money. because they don't get time to, uh, to reduce that stress and work out and eat healthy. Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah, yeah. And I'll talk about that, <laughs> yeah. but you're right. You're right. You,
1: so you burn, you basically burn the boats, you burn the way you, you made your income And you decided to go all in on the property management firm.
3: Yeah. First step was to stop traveling and to be here and available. The second step was then to get all in on property management. I made a decision not to take any other big contracts, but just to work side by side with Brian to help extract him from day to day operations. And I I like seal team
1: six. I got to extract Brian.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's it. That's it. I got to extract him. I mean, he loved our company. He did. And, and hopefully you'll meet him one day, but he loved the company. He still does, but he, you just can't be that happy. Right. When, when you're, when you're kind of stuck.
1: Yeah. And when you're angry with other people running around living their lives and you're, you're kind of stuck. I, I can see that. Cause I was, I was kind of a little bit of a Brian in my business. So I, I definitely see that. And I'm sure there's other people listening that are like, I'm Brian. That's going to be, we're going to make it a verb now.
3: <laughs> Brian. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I mean, so, so that's it. So a lot of people are like that. So we started working, we started working on helping remove him. And, you know, and I realized I was like, there's actually an approach to this. It's things that I've done in corporate America. It's things I've done in other areas of my life. And I'm going to tell you, one of the things I have to say here is, you know, yeah, I wrote the book and that's all great. And yes, I kind of formulized the approach, but it's not something I can do on my own. And if you are the owner of a property management company and you have a team, there's no way you can get yourself out by yourself. You can't, you've got to rely on your team. You have to be transparent with them and letting them know that you're removing yourself from day-to-day operations and you're making room for them to do their jobs and help the company and to grow and to be whatever it can whatever it can be. So I think, you know, that's really important. And we were transparent with the team. And thankfully, we've gotten to a place now where Brian is now out of day-to-day operations. He is thriving. He told me he ha- he's had his best year yet as far as investing and on the real estate side of his life. I've now taken on the role of president and managing partner of the business. However, it's not full-time with me, because we also added a role for director of operations. Say that, that again, that that,
1: right there. Right. Uh, you have over a thousand units. If I, if I caught that, correct. Yes. And you're the CEO and president and mm-hmm. say that again, it's not full time.
3: It's, it's not even close to full time. And if it, if I do work, I probably would be required to work three to five hours a week, you know, just really getting in mm-hmm. and making sure everything is good. But If I work more, it's because I want to, not because I have to. I mean, just like today, I got a message that I'm gonna have to go to Nashville unexpectedly on Friday. I don't have to notify people that I'm doing that. All I do is just block off my calendar and I go. And our company will run. You know, I was out last week. I was out last week actually finishing up the book and getting it on, getting it published, but my director of operations was also out on vacation. And guess what? Things still still ran. It still ran. I had about three phone calls that I had to take, but that was it. And I wasn't stressed. I didn't lose any clients. We didn't drop the ball on anything huge. You know, we had a couple of hiccups, but things are going well. And, and one thing that I've been saying that is so important when people ask me, you know, how do you extract yourself and have, how do you get your business to the perfect place that you can extract yourself? And the thing is, it is totally possible. For you to live the life you want to live as a property owner before, as a property management company owner, before your business is operating perfectly. Because we still haven't arrived, but we created the capacity to try, the capacity to do, and the capacity to improve within our team. And it happens without me or Brian being there in the day-to-day.
1: That's a powerful statement right there, because I know... My company, I wasn't gonna extract myself until it was perfect. And so that that statement really resonated with me.
3: Yeah. You can have an imperfect company but a perfect situation for you as a business owner is totally possible.
1: So your book is literally written for property managers or owner of property management companies that want to extract themselves from the day-to-day operations. What compelled you to write this book? <laughs>
3: So a couple of things. So one of my life's missions is to do good in legacy making ways. It is. I mean, I I don't have any kids. You know, I don't have anything that's really going to outlive me when I'm gone from this world. Not at this point, I don't. So I was thinking, what things can I do to help to outlive me and to create legacy for me? Well, publishing a book was also one of those things on my bucket list. Right. So I was like, I'm going to do it, you know, I still got all of this energy and motivation, the last few years have been great. So I wanted to publish the book, but I wanted to do it in a way in which it would truly do good to others who matter in this industry, and everyone matters in this industry, but I'm specifically talking to those who need to know that they can extract themselves from the day to day and still be a critically important part of their business, as well as the industry, and they can still thrive. So I wanted to write this book to help others to reduce the barriers to entry to just some of the things I've learned and some of the knowledge that I've been able to gain with with all of my experience. And I also wanted to do it for me just to show that I actually could do it and get it done. And I'm telling you, I've already got books two, three, and four circulating (laughs) in the brain. So, So for me, it's not a get rich quick thing. It's, it's not that I'm looking to be a millionaire from the book, but I am looking to help as many people as I possibly can. And I think that the more I do and the more I give to others in this industry, the more they'll be able to be willing to give to me. And those things will help my team and help my company continue to grow. And I think we are better together than we ever could be apart. So that book is my contribution to that.
1: In your book, you talk about a three feet. Fate- three phased approach for becoming free. Can you give our audience a little high level overview of what that looks like?
3: Uh, Yes, I can. So the phases are SOS. (laughs) You know, we're crying out for help. SOS, someone help us. And the (laughs) SOS stands for first, you have to stabilize, then you optimize, and then you systematize. So the stabilization phase is think about it like, you know, where there's smoke, you know, there's fire. There's a lot of stuff going on. And these are those quick wins, those things we just need to do to stop the chaos in order to get us to intentionally improve. The optimized phase is where you then create the vision and start making things as perfect as they can. Right. You start eliminating reports you don't need. You start reducing the time it takes to do things. You're focusing on your numbers and your metrics and you're optimizing to become a stable company. And then the systematized is where you actually build that foundation that won't burn. This is where you start automating things, and this is where you start scaling your business, and you can do that without needing more people. I, one of the important things that I like to point out when I talk about systematization, people tell me, "Well, you should systematize early, right? If you start automating like out the gate, then that's going to solve a lot of problems."
1: Yeah, I'm until tell- until you until you uh, uh, burn all the cash and build in the systems, or you build a system and then you outgrow it three months later.
3: Yeah, thank you. And, you, and, and that happens because you're building a system to support a business that is already not under control. You're putting a system in place to be the solution to something that's unstable. Well, it's not the solution. It's just going to support the instability. And that doesn't solve the problems with people on your team and all of that. And you're probably not going to even fully utilize the technology. So it's better to improve things first and then let the technology support where you are intentionally going as opposed to getting technology to solve your specific problem. SOS. I like it. SOS. Crying out for help.
1: <laughs> and then when you get it, you're extracted and you're out, and now you're on the sidelines. So That's what,
3: that's what it is, and that's where we want to be.
1: What do you see the biggest roadblocks for people to transition from operator to owner?
3: Letting go. Letting go. Being willing to delegate things to others, realizing that, you know, sometimes as business owners, we feel like there's something special about the way our brain works, right? It's just magic. We know how to address issues. We know how to respond to situations when they arise. We know what the business needs. But there are processes that we go through in our head, our thought processes, decision making processes, and these things can be taught to others. And I think Mm -hmm. it's super important to be willing to let go of some of that head honcho number oneness and to delegate that and share it with the team to allow your team to emerge as leaders and to allow it to become more of our company, as opposed to this is my company that you work at. And I think that letting go part can be difficult. You know, I, there's a quote I say in the book, it's, it's not, yeah, it actually is my quote, but there's a quote I say all the time and it is in the book and it and it says that change is difficult. So we should not be surprised when people have difficulty with change. Well, even when you're the change maker, because change is difficult, not only is your team gonna struggle, you're gonna struggle internally as well with that change just because it's different. But if we can learn to trust ourselves and trust our team and trust the intentions of those around us, then I think we can do it.
1: Yeah, a couple of things there. Um, one is most business owners, are they they, they like control, right? Mm-hmm. So they they don't wanna relinquish the control. So they don't wanna let go and relinquish that control. And then the other oh, yeah. thing is, they feel like no one can do it as good as them, mm-hmm. right? Oh, I can't do it, no one can do it as good as me. Well, if you actually trained your team, most likely they can actually do it better than you at some point, especially if they're doing it all the time. That's right. Right. Uh, The old saying is if you can get somebody to do it as 80% as good as you, have them do it, get it off your plate. Right. And then, yeah. And then uh, there's a good, there's another good book called let go to grow. Uh, Hmm. I forget who the author is, but it's, it talks a little bit about like, you know, letting go, letting go of your, of your control freakiness and, and uh, using numbers You know, like you talked about metrics earlier on, Mm -hmm. on that. And then I'd say the last thing is like, you you know, I, I I had a big case of superheroitis. So superheroitis, right? Somebody, when somebody had a problem, like they come to me and I would take my, I take my suit off and my, my, my big red S would be underneath and I'd come (laughs) to save the day. Right. And what I found is some business owners will actually self-sabotage. Things get too easy. They self-sabotage to create drama so that they can then be the the hero. I'm like, but you're the one who created the challenge in the first place, right?
3: (laughs) And they don't even know they're doing it, right? These are patterns that that we get into because we're so used to being the problem solver. Sometimes we manufacture problems, you know, subconsciously in order to be the one to solve it. And that's where, that's where we make ourselves feel good. And we overcomplicate things. And, and listen, I I think it's important to say too, like, even though Brian and I are, Brian's fully extracted, I'm mostly extracted. You know, I'm not here a lot. It is still difficult sometimes to just let go and to not just say, well, you know, this is just what I want, but it, it has to be a conversation and things can still happen. And it's also important to know that the situation is not perfect. Right. I mean, we are going to run into situations where those people that work with you, I like to say with you instead of for you, but those who work with you may have issues with you. You may have issues with them. So it's just not a perfect situation. But if you have that foundation of trust, and we all have the right intent and we can share and learn from one another. And you approach it from that way. I just funda- fundamentally believe that anything can be worked through. Uh, I'm, even
1: if, I, I even would it. I would bet that you and Brian had to have some really difficult conversations when he was extracting out and you were coming in and maybe you were doing things a little differently than he did. And I'm sure he had opinions on that. Um, so the relationship was able to, to, to overcome that because of the, the communication you guys had?
3: Oh yeah, definitely. And one of the things that actually worked for Brian and I, so, and believe me, this process was a lot of work. So there was the, during the day in the office thing, solving problems as they show up. But then, then there was also the having phone calls in the evening, meeting for breakfast on Saturdays and pulling ourselves outside of the office. And, And these were the conversations where we don't bring notebooks and notepads and we aren't, Taking all the notes. Occasionally, I'd hit record on my phone, and we captured the conversation. And I'd go back and listen to it and dissect it, and then come to him and say, "Okay, this is what we agreed to." But I removed all of those things that made it so formal and official, and we were able to get back to just the human side of it. And I'm going to tell you, so even though we were partners in the business, like I sort of I knew Brian and I knew him as my partner, and but I knew him professionally. But he and I grew to be really great friends and we Mm -hmm. still are. And I feel like I know him in a way that I never did before. So that was a really positive of going through this this situation because we had to be extremely vulnerable with one another. So we have the respect as human beings Mm -hmm. and we try to give that to our team members, team members as well. But yeah, there were some really tough, (laughs) tough discussions that were had, but we did make it through.
1: So you make it through. You get yourself out of the day to day. You're working three to five hours a week on a need basis, and then adding a few more because you because you love it. So, <laughs> what did what did you now? What what's next for you? What do, what are you doing with your your free time now?
3: Okay, so that's a great question, and it's something that just makes me so excited. So. So number 1, I'm still doing the real estate investing. I've actually got a got a development project going on in downtown Chattanooga. So we're building some townhomes, converting commercial, converting commercial to some upscale townhomes in downtown Chattanooga. That is my first tear it down, rebuild it development. So like that is a cool project that I get to be a part of. I'm actually also spending a lot of my time giving back. So I talked about my life's mission being to do good in legacy-making ways. Well, part of that is sprinkling, sprinkling my knowledge, skills, expertise in places that have similar missions. So I have joined a few boards of nonprofit organizations that are in the real estate or the urban design or affordable housing space. I'm even on the eviction relief board here in town. So I'm, I'm doing these things. But the best part about it is that I get to now have the capacity to find ways for us to utilize our company to give back to the community. So we are working on a on a community impact strategy piece of our organization to partner with other for-profit and nonprofit entities to help get upstream of some of the issues that most impact the communities in which we serve. A couple of those being uh, homelessness and new homelessness. So homelessness, just not having housing at all, right? Maybe mm-hmm. living in the community centers, that sort of thing. But then the new homelessness being those who who may be evicted or those who, you know, rent prices have gone much higher than wages. So now they're living on someone's couch or sleeping in the living room or living in a hotel, those things like that. So, so we're looking at how can we utilize our property management company and the data we have around tenancy and rentals on the residential side to share some of that with the community and to get an impact in those spaces. So I think that's what's going to be going to be next for me. In addition, depending on how the book goes and how well it's received, I'm also thinking about launching a couple of masterminds, maybe doing some coaching. I haven't made a final decision yet. I am a I'm really big on testing things out before you're putting the effort to launch it. So I'm just getting feedback as much as I can. And I'll continue to build things for our industry that add value.
1: Sounds like you're busier now than when you were building the company.
3: <laughs> but, you, but you know, I am, but it's a good busy, Pete. Like right. I'm, I'm having a great time. I love that I can travel and do whatever else it is that I need to do and not have to worry about anything. I'm intentionally not getting myself tied up in things that feel like they become a full-time job. So it's more, you know, short-term committed committees or this real estate development project. Mm-hmm. But I... I am having the best time of my life right now. And I'm so thankful my career has pivoted in this way.
1: That's awesome. All right. We're going to take a quick commercial break and then I hope you're ready. It's the, the lightning round. All right. So <laughs> we'll be right back after these quick messages.
0: Did you know that most tenants struggle to come up with a large sum of money needed to move into their new rental home? Let Renters Insurance Solutions help you solve this problem by giving tenants another option for security deposits. Property managers can make up to $200 per door annually with our programs. Learn more at our website, yourris.com. That's Y-O-U-R-R-I-S dot Renters Insurance Solutions, your experts in property management and
3: insurance.
2: Pest Share, a pest control amenity for your resident benefits program. Starting at just $5 per door, you can give your residents the pest control coverage they need. PestShare will even pay for the expensive infestations, like bedbugs and cockroaches. End the debate over who pays for pest control, while PestShare turns an expense into added revenue. For more information, check out their website at PestShare.com forward slash property managers. Scaling your business means juggling many moving parts, leaving you wondering how to manage it all. How can you keep your eye on growth and streamline your operations? At RentBridge, we've created the Property Management Operating System, an ecosystem for property management marketing and process automation, where you can view and take action on the most important aspects of your operations, from sales and new owner onboarding to leasing, collections, renewals, and more. By bringing operations and marketing under one platform, you can have end-to-end visibility of your owners, tenants, and vendors from the first moment they interact with you, allowing you to add more doors with less effort and scale a truly profitable property management business. To learn more, visit rentbridgegroup.com today.
1: All right. Welcome back to the... The lightning round. See, uh, NARPUM doesn't have a lot of money for special effects. So I create my own special effects. <laughs> That's a lightning bolt. All right. Are you ready for the lightning round? I think so. All right. These are a series of questions. You can answer like one word, one thought. If you want to expand on it, great. Go for it. But they're going to be quick rapid fire type stuff. All right. All right. You ready? Do it. What is one thing most people don't know about you?
3: I have a twin sister.
1: No way. Okay,
3: I do. we're not identical. We're fraternal, Fraternal? but my family is just one of those families. I can't even count how many sets of twins we have. Only two of us, two sets are fraternal. Everyone else is identical.
1: Oh man. That must be interesting at the family reunions.
3: Oh yeah. Crazy.
1: (laughs) (laughs) What PM software do you guys use?
3: Propertyware.
1: Propertyware. What is your current organizational structure?
3: We have a hybrid setup. So we have portfolio managers that work with the clients, but then we have maintenance departments, resident relations, and various departments to support the functions that are needed to enable the portfolio managers to do their job. So our property managers are more portfolio or asset managers.
1: Got it. I like it. Do you use virtual assistants?
3: Not yet, but we will soon.
1: All right. Do you have business development managers or salespeople?
3: Not yet, but we are looking at hiring one this year. We've grown organically and not had to do any marketing or any sort of proactive outreach. But as we're thinking of moving from growing to scaling and grow, which is growing exponentially, we realized that, that we do need some business development support.
1: What is one piece of advice you would give someone just starting out in the PM business?
3: Talk to others. Don't do it in a bubble at all.
1: Uh, join Norpam.
3: That's it. Join NarPA. <laughs> fun fact. Fun fact, Pete. I'm I'm going to tell you. I've been in this industry for about seventy years through being an owner of the company, and I really got involved, you know, two and a half, three years ago. But last year in November was the first time I'd gone to a property management conference, and now I am hooked. I've been to three conferences so far in, you know, like three or four months. I'm going to one next week. I'm going to the NARPA one in October. I've got a couple of others. So it is one of the best decisions I've made. And I can't believe we weren't doing it sooner.
1: And I heard through the grapevine, you're speaking at PMM Con. This will probably come <laughs> out after we actually go there, but you are speaking there in, in May, on May 16th uh, through the 19th, I right?
3: I, I am. And I'm super excited about that as well. What's the topic? Uh, property management, problem solving.
1: Oh, nice. Solve yeah. the problems and extract your way out.
3: it. And I'm going to tell you the, the best thing, even if someone gets like the recording of that session later, one of the bonuses to that is going to actually give you a, a thought process around prioritizing the issues in your organization. But if you're at a conference, it can help you make sure that you're not having conversations that won't bring you value you'll know what your top two or three things are. So if you're in a mastermind or a small group, you're going to start gravitating to people to solve the specific problems that give you the biggest impact in your business.
1: Huge fan of that. Huge fan of that. Does pineapple belong on pizza? Never. (laughs) You are a woman after my own heart. (laughs) What book are you currently reading, not writing, but reading, or one that has impacted your business or life?
3: Atomic Habits, I'm oh. currently reading that. I'm an avid reader through Audible and I am reading Atomic Habits right now.
1: That uh, that one is kind of spreading through the NARPUM community. A lot of people are, are listening or reading that one. I actually just finished that one and that's got to get 1% better. Oh my God. <laughs> what is one challenge you're currently facing in your business?
3: Hmm. That's a good question. So I think one challenge we're currently facing in our business is being able to support the growth that's coming So like I mentioned, we do need a business development resource and we've got some things in place for that. But we get a lot of outreaches, but we don't take everybody because we mostly cater towards investors. So being able to sort of create a line of service that works well for those that don't necessarily fit in the investor realm as a part of our growth strategy.
1: What do you prefer, dogs or cats?
3: Dogs. (laughs) (laughs) Like it's not even an option.
1: That's a terrible question. (laughs) Remove that one. Oh my
3: gosh, who are you? (laughs) (laughs)
1: That's my cat's running around back here. All
3: right.
1: Andrea, if somebody wants to purchase the book, where can they go and purchase the book?
3: The book is available on Amazon. Just search for Andrea Hardaway or property management freedom is available in Kindle hardback paperback, and it will be available on audible very soon.
1: And if somebody wants to reach out to you, how can they how can they get to you?
3: Definitely, just go to andreahardaway.com or propertymanagementfreedom.com and you'll be directed to everything you need to contact me.
1: And if you want to join NARPM, go to n a r p m, narpm.org or you can call them at 1-800-782-3452. And if you are interested in global team members, remote team members, virtual assistants, go to VPM, virtual property management, vpmsolutions.com. Like Andrea will be going after this recording, I'm sure. She said she's (laughs) going to have VAs later. And thank you all so much. Andrea, thanks for uh, for being here. Pleasure to have you.
3: Thank you so much. I appreciate it, Pete. See you
1: soon. See you soon.
0: This has been a production of the National Association of Residential Property Managers. The recognized leader in property management, along with your host, Pete Newbig, CEO of VPM Solutions, where property management meets global talent. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are that of the host and are not necessarily those of NARPM. If you have a hot topic you'd like discussed on the podcast, please email us at radio at narpum.org.